Welcome to Properly Copped, a Warhammer 40k podcast that features top players and expert guests who will give us their top five in any given category. Then we'll argue about it and we'll get it down to the ultimate top five in that category. And today's category is screening units. So stick around to hear the number one ranked player in New Zealand sum up the beauty of cheap screens like this. Doesn't matter if you get a super smile, yeah. you take off two Raise wing clocks. You can laugh while you take them off as well. It's yeah. really good. <laughs> you can laugh while you take them off. <laughs> You've killed a razor wing clock. Who cares? And while he's here, he'll introduce the idea that any flyer could work, even a crappy towel one. What is a sunshine? <laughs> it's a towel flyer. It's a really I'm, bad flyer. It's super bad. The best thing about it is it has sniper drones that can fly off it. That's it. Right. I think the best thing about it is no one knows what it does because they've never seen it. Right, let's find out our top five screening units in the game of Warhammer 40k. I'm your host and moderator, moderator and facilitator. My name's Steve Joel. And joining us on our expert panel today, let's start with introducing Brendan D. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, we'll get to your uh, qualifications in the game of 40k in a minute, mm-hmm. assuming you have some. <laughs> Questionable. <laughs> Questionable. Uh, Aaron Wilson, good morning. Good morning. I say good morning. It's actually the afternoon, and it depends on when you're listening as to whether it's good morning or good evening or good afternoon. Uh, and Sean Sullivan, good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Good morning. So, uh, Sean, we'll start with you. Uh, highly qualified, uh, top-level player in New Zealand, current ranking of somewhere in the top handful of players in the country. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, number one. Number one. So that's in the top handful. <laughs> Currently the number one 40K player in the country. So uh, I don't know if we need to go any further than that. You've been playing the game since uh, when? Since I was about 13. So What edition would that have been? Um, it was just starting third edition. So I actually had the okay. original box set of the third edition Dark Elder versus Marines. Okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, and Aaron is uh, slightly newer to the game. Been competing since seventh? No, start of eighth. Start of same, eighth. Same okay, so right, really new. So been in it about the same amount of time as me, which is um, annoying because you're so much better at the game than I am. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> and uh, Brendan, you've been around for a while in the game as well, right? Yes, um, probably about the same time as Sean. I started 1996. It was like the tail of second edition, but never right. actually knew how to play it properly until third came around. Okay. Oh, you can play it properly. Well, that's. <laughs> well, I actually read the rule book when third came around. <laughs> okay, good. So what we want to do is, from uh, each of our three experts, I'm not. Go- I'm the. I'm the. Uh, the ultimate judge at the end of all of this as to whether or not you guys have been convincing enough for people listening. If you can imagine uh, whose line is it anyway, I'm the Drew Carey in this arrangement, and you three uh, have to convince me of your top five choices. As we said today, screening units. So what I want is one by one. Brendan, we'll start with you and go that way. To tell us your top five screening units in the game of 40k. Actually, hold on. Sean had a good point before we started. We need to define what a screening unit is. Can we get, Sean, your, first of all, your thoughts on what, what we mean by a screening unit in the game? Well, I, I would think that a screening unit would be about stopping the enemy actually getting to the important units that you're focusing on. So, like, especially against deep strikers or um, charges, you know, knights and stuff like that, to try and block their way so that you don't actually get charged first turn or second turn and you can get those important two or three turns of shooting so that's what I think of shooting screening units yeah okay well that's uh, when I when I defined the category when I said screening units that's pretty much what I had in mind so if you've got a, an army full of tanks you want to stop charging armies getting to them you're going to screen and put your cheap bodies out front in theory I say cheap bodies but that could be you know down to whatever's in your list does anyone else have anything they want to add to that definition of screening units or are we pretty happy with 
I think that pretty well pretty well sums it up. It's pretty broad, but it's about board control. Yeah. Okay. It's about. Going to add board control into the list? Well, it's it's just about stopping your opponent moving where they want to move. Okay. Okay. So stopping your opponent moving where they want to move and stopping them certainly getting to your big guns. Okay. So, Brendan, your top five screening units from five down to one are. Oh, you want us to go yeah. through the whole list you, you right away? A, you give me your top five, and then we'll get the other guy's top five, and we'll see what overlaps there are, and then we'll okay. argue about the other stuff. Okay. Well, I've got an honourable mention. If, I'll replace one of mine if someone else... If we've got double-ups, then <laughs> okay. I'll save that one for later. All right. So my number five is the Drukhari Raider. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. We're going going the... I'm trying to go a bit left field with these. Yeah, yeah, we're going with a vehicle in the screening. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Number four, I have Necron Scarabs. <laughs> Excellent choice. Excellent choice. This was behind the scenes. This was the choice I, that the, the uh, thought that I belted out a couple of times. Scarabs should be in the top five. Yeah. So you've, you've just gained like 20 points right there. Yeah. I, I, I could, I'll tell you about a trick with Necron Scarabs and that maybe you don't know about. Okay. It's pretty good. Well, I'm, I'm keen, as a Necron player, keen to learn any tricks I can. Uh, number three, I was going to just put anything Tau, but I narrowed it down <laughs> to Pathfinders. Okay, great. Yep. My yep. Number two. Number two, I have the Hemlock Wraith Fighter. (laughs) Okay. Trying to think outside the box. Yeah. No. Very good. Uh, Well, now if uh, we will get, uh, obviously we'll get justification for your choices shortly. But I just do want to go through all of them and see see what overlaps there are and what we all agree on. Hemlock Wraith Fighter is at number two, and at number one on your list. Uh, it's the classic, probably the original screening unit. It's the Orc Gretchen. Wow, I can't believe we got all the way through that list with no mention of guard or plague bearers. No, so they're, they're, they're on my list and I just crossed them off because they were too obvious. <laughs> <laughs> and cultists too. We, yeah, we've got to right. have, well, there's always one. We've got to have one guy that's not going to go with the obvious. Yeah. So when you asked pre-doing all this if, uh, if Forge World choices were an option, that was for a different category. No, I was just trying to throw you guys off. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Aaron, all right, give us your top five screening choices. All right, well, mine seem a little bit more sensible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, starting at number five, five I've got uh, Turnid Timagants. Timagants, yep, very good. Uh, I guess I'll go over the reasons for these later. Yep. Uh, then I'm going with Infiltrators, Space Marine Infiltrators, uh, huh. specifically Raven Guard ones. Raven Guard Infiltrators, Raven Guard infiltrators. very good. Okay. Uh, I did put Gretchen in there. Because uh, I played them last weekend or the weekend before, and right. yeah, they kind of got in the way. Okay. Yep. That's yeah, good. Um, and then Imperial Guard uh, Infantry Squadron. So infantry, guard stock infantry. infantry. Yep. Uh, and for number one, I took Plague Bearers, the obvious. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think we've got to have some obvious in there, don't we? I think that's fair enough. Uh, okay. So Plague Bearers is your number one. Number one. Number one. And uh, Sean, let's go with your top five. I've gone a little bit off field as well, but um, yeah, so we'll start with number five, which is Razorwing Flocks, which I think will be coming nice. making a huge comeback. Yeah, good. Um, I've seen num- those played a few times now, actually, which is really great. Yeah, um, we'll go into the justifications soon. Um, yeah. Number four, um, the humble Venom, the Tricari Venom. Um, yep. Yep. Um, number three is just any flyer. Because flyers just can annoy the hell out of people. Yeah. Number two is cultists. Cultists. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. Played too much um, 
Space Marine, uh, Chaos Space Marines to hate cultists. And number yeah. one is Plague Bearers. Number so, one is Plague Bearers. Okay. Yeah. All right. So do you know what I was thinking? <laughs> I was thinking coming in here, wow, there's probably going to be lots and lots of overlap and we'll, this will be a really short episode because we'll just all agree that the top five is Plague Bearers and cultists and Infantry Guard and Gretchen and then we'll go home. And mm-hmm. horrors. And horrors. No one mentioned horrors. They're on my list of ones to avoid because they were too obvious. Yeah, right. Okay, so I can't. No one else mentioned horrors. Aaron and I have had conversations about horrors before. He's like, "Why would you take horrors if you could take plague bearers? If you've got a demon army?" But um, there's a lot of differing opinions on the best way to run horrors because of the use of uh, reinforcement points for them and right. What's the most efficient? Well, build? I, I'm currently building an army that's going to have like two units of thirty. <laughs> so I'm really hoping that they're good with a four-up invol. We're not here to discuss my choices, but with a four-up invol and a and then the six-up feel no pain. Well, Sam Witt definitely makes them work like that. Um, yeah, but I can see why people would go to the plague bearers because they just stick around a lot longer. Yeah, and it's just actually the minuses to hit, just especially against shooting armies. You know, does make you disappear. Where if you can do a hundred one shots, let's say guard against horrors, they just disappear because there's so many shots into them. It doesn't matter if it's a four plus and one will save or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, horrors aren't on anyone's list, so <laughs> so we're not going to worry about the horrors. And I'm thinking I might have already already uh, spent too much money on them and maybe made a bad decision. So let's start with uh, Brendan's top five, and we can all uh, try and find out what he's thinking with having a Drukhari Raider on the list. How does a Drukhari Raider, for those of us who aren't as good as you at the game, make a good screening unit? Well, the thing with the Raider is this, it's just such a versatile tool. There's a lot of uses for it, um, and it works well with a lot of the Drukhari stratagems. Mm. I'm assuming that you're always going to run your Raider with the Black Heart Cabal. Yep. So not only does it have a 5-plus invulnerable save, but it also has the uh, Ignore Wounds on a 6-plus yeah. as well, which makes them surprisingly resilient and just really annoying to deal with. They're also a really big model. They're like 8 inches long. You just stick them somewhere sideways across the board. You know, you can... I've tarpeted knights with them before and you know you, right you can so you put three of them in because assuming you go with three raiders and your black heart cabal you've got that's whatever it is 24 inches across the board covered and you hide everything behind it well what's great with them is that they can screen while also doing their their primary role which is to get warriors across the board get them in range with their blasters and their splinter rifles but yeah. you know, once they've dropped off their troops they can still you know, they can have a secondary purpose, which is screening enemy combat units or, you know, protecting your ravages or your shooting units at your backline. Yeah. And, you know, you've got things like you can deep strike them if the situation calls for it. Uh, you can use the fire and fade stratagem to get surprising uh, movement out of phase movement in the shooting phase. Uh, you can also use the lightning fast reflexes stratagem on them if you just really need to keep one alive for a while and just soak up a lot of enemy firepower if they need to deal with it. So they don't have their five-up invol in melee, though, do they? Uh, it's only shooting, isn't it's it? It's only yeah, shooting, yeah. yes. So if they get surrounded by, uh, I don't know, tyranids... They'll die. They'll die. <laughs> <laughs> They'll die, like, really quickly, though. But, but if that's a tyranid combat unit, if you've yeah. just stuck a raider right in their face, they're not moving very yeah, far across true. the board. They're stopping at that raider for a turn. So you've achieved the object, which is to screen. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Sean? 
Um, well, what I was going to add to that is the best thing about them is they actually have fly as well. And right. that's why I have my Venom choice as well, which is even if they get stuck in close combat, you haven't finished them off. They can either fly away yeah. or um, if you stick them out there and somebody shoots at radar and it's got troops troops in it, you can actually deploy the troops further or back depending on, on it is, who it is and force them to either assault some some dark outer troops, which right. aren't very tough, but it's just that little speed bumps all the way. Yeah. So from a not obvious choice, we're all kind of agreeing that this is actually a great option as a screening unit. Because yeah, I mean, that's a great point. And that's why I tend to take Raiders over Venoms, because the Raider, you can put two five-man units inside it. So once the Raider's dead, then you've got two more layers of screen right, that you come just, out of it. Yeah. Or I like to chuck random things like Urgles in there as well. Just, just, or just some little annoying nuisance units that are cheap and you know, hard to deal with. Okay. Just, Nice. So uh, we all like the radar. What about the radar? The radar? The radar. Okay. Um, well, we're not saying it's definitely in the top five, but you've, it's a pretty convincing argument. Very good. Like it. Uh, let's go to the Termagants on Aaron's uh, list at, at uh, number five. Justification, please, sir. Um, well, I played against them a few times against some guys in some tournaments, uh, and they just seem to be a pain in the ass. I mean, there's, there's coming blobs of 30, up to 30. Yeah. Um, and most of the time they're not going to flee from morale and you don't really want to shoot them because it's kind of a waste of your shots. They, they do nothing really, but... Right. Yeah, they're just, there's lots of them. They, they don't run space. away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, having played against a bunch of Tyranid armies, they, just those Tyranids move so fast as well, so they can get across the board so fast and take up so much space and basically stop you from getting anywhere near anything that matters because of how fast they move, right? That's a big advantage. Yeah, I had a hard lesson with them not too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, let's go to Sean's uh, list and his number five choice of the Razorwing Flocks, which, as you say, seem like they're kind of making more and more appearances. I feel like they've been popping up and... Well, we've we'll hopefully have seen um, that Yunari will actually make a comeback because it is a close combat actual army which surprises people where the like outer aren't always shooting and it just makes them really interesting. But there's two things that work in their favour. For 14 points, you get eight attacks. Now, you can get plus ones to hit with Yunari and you also can get a psychic power that gives you a five plus and one ball. So for 14 points, the four wounds, it's kind of hard to get through them. Mm. And they have fly as well, so you can actually hit a screen and then next turn, jump over the screen and just cause havoc. How many uh, can you take in a unit, do you know? Uh, you can take up to 10, but, I mean, they work really good in, like, you know, five to eight-man blobs. Right. Because if you have a, um, a beast master with them, they actually um, have a leadership nine normally. Okay. So it make, makes a huge difference because morale will affect them because otherwise they have a leadership four. Right, okay. <laughs> so eight, uh, I don't know, my maths is terrible, but eight times four wounds is enough, right? That's That still takes a bit of getting through with the invul, oh, assuming it yeah. goes off. Well, it's really good for um, smite, smite shielding, really, because it doesn't matter if you get a super smite, yeah. you take off two... Raise wing flocks. You can laugh while you take them off as well. It's yeah. really good. <laughs> you can laugh while you take them. Off. I, I, <laughs> You've I, killed a razor wing flock. Who cares? I I would love to see razor wing flocks come back. I used to run them with Baron Sathonics in fifth edition. I've got about I've got fifteen of them. <laughs> yeah, the, the metal ones. That would be really good if they yeah. were. Yeah. So okay, that's uh, number five on Sean's list. I have to say the the argument for the Drukari Raider was extremely convincing from my side of the desk. Uh, so I'm going to include that. That's, that's, that's going straight in as the... Uh, oh, hold up, man. It's going straight into the <laughs> oh. top five. That's there. You've, you've just earned, like, I don't know, 100 points. So 
I don't know how the point should, system works. Should we just we'll have a running ranking of them as we go. <laughs> See yeah. which ones come to the top. Yeah. So well, that's uh, out of what out of the three we've discussed so far, the current number one is the Drakari Raider. Uh, so I'm just putting that at number one, Drakari Raider, yet to be knocked off the top of the pile. Can I just, before we move on, can I just make a point on Termigants? Yeah. Uh, when I played Tyranids, they're usually the scariest thing in the list with the amount of shots they put out. So I don't really think of them as a screen. They're, the, a screen. they're the thing I want to kill. <laughs> Right. They do have a very short range, though. I mean, oh. unless you're actually charging them, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. they get in range pretty quick. And they yeah. pop out a lot of shots. <laughs> Kraken termigants. Boom. <laughs> there they are. Yeah. Uh, okay, number four on Brendan's list is Necron Scarabs. My heroes. I love these guys. I love these things, and I'm amazed and quite disappointed that no one else has put them in the top five. So, justification? Uh, well, when I think of a screening unit, I think of something that's annoying. Yeah. And scarabs are definitely really annoying. They really are. Um, they fly, which is great. I mean, I was looking for units with fly when trying to find good screen units. They got a 10 inch move and quite a large, you know, they're on a 40 mil base, which really helps when you're doing a screening unit. And the fact that they're not infantry helps a lot as well, because there's a lot of things that can just step over infantry models. Right. Um, I believe can. Can knights still step over swarms? They though? can fall back over them, I believe. Right. But they yeah. can't yeah. move over. You them. can't move over them, but they can fall back. They, they can move over them if they're falling back from close combat. Yeah. Right. Okay. okay. So, so they can just now it's swarms yeah. and infantry. Right. Yeah. yeah. But the the thing that kind of sealed it for me is there's a great little trick you can do with scarabs where you because most people would just ignore uh, ignore them because they don't really do anything. Yeah. Uh, but they've got this great little stratagem where you spend one command point and you blow up a scarab <laughs> base uh, when you're piling into combat and you cause mortal wounds on your D3 opponent. mortal wounds, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so all you do is you take your unit of scarab bases, you put one of them within an inch of the enemy model and you string the rest of them back two inches from the back of that one. Yeah. So as soon as it's your turn to fight, you blow that one up. <laughs> Cause a few mortal wounds on the opponent, but now they're out of combat and they can't consolidate in and hurt you. Yeah. And then you can use a tomb spider to just bring back that dead scarab and you just do it every turn, just annoying them. <laughs> and they're either going to deal with those scarabs, <laughs> ignore, you know, yeah, not yeah. killing the rest of your army, or they waste time killing them. Scarabs, and I won't speak to every uh, unit that gets brought up, but this is the, the one actually mentioned that I have some experience with. Uh, the other great thing about them is they're so short. Like they're, you know, they have no height to them at all. So actually you can put them almost anywhere and they'll be invisible. So you can, if there's any buildings anywhere, you can kind of stick them on the first floor of a building and that means any characters kind of coming up can't get shot at because there's a closer unit. They're they're great for, uh, and, and as you say, what are they, th three wounds a base, they get four attacks per... They're a good little... Okay, if they're, they're straight in at number we should, two. We should also point out that the hobby encompasses more than just gaming. There's, there's a painting and a modeling side and they're probably the easiest <laughs> models to build and paint yeah, that you can, yeah. you'll ever find. <laughs> Any Necron <laughs> thing, unless you're like me and you decide that things should be different and interesting and so you decide that your whole Necron army is going to be slightly rusty and you know personalised dynasty and then uh, about four models and you think, God, oh, this was a mistake. I'd, I'd love to see someone try and paint up Scarabs to a Golden Demon standard, though. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> okay, Aaron, the second one on your list is the Raven Guard, specifically Raven Guard Infiltrators. Yes, Slightly Raven Guard Infiltrators. Go on. Yes, so they're a little bit expensive, but I feel like they do a good job in screening. Um, so with the Infiltrators, they've got this rule where you can't deep strike within 12 inches of them. Okay. So instantly, if you come out of deep strike, you can't charge them. Yeah. So there's that already. It creates a massive bubble, right? Yeah, gonna, it's a huge bubble. You put those anywhere on the board and just that's 
a much bigger than usual bubble where no one can go. It is, yeah. You could probably cover, like, with three units, you could probably cover your deployment to a majority, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the negative one to hit if they're in cover. Um, so you're probably going to deploy them in cover, maybe in a building, in a crater, mm. um, behind a barricade. So they've got a two-up armor save. So it's going to be very difficult to shoot them off, and they've got the minus one to hit. Wow. So okay, all right. Very good. difficult to move. Good numbers. Any other thoughts from anyone else on the uh, the infiltrators? It was a surprise to see the infiltrators in the list. Anyone else think of using them as a screening unit? I think with the um, space marines coming back, it, you might be seeing them more often. But it's one of those armies that if you saw them on the table, you'd unless you're a genocidal cult, you would think about putting things in reserves, which is mm. always nice to make the people actually play out of their comfort zones. Right. So this is the other thing with something like uh, your infiltrators or whatever it else it is you're using. Uh, they can make your opponent rethink their strategy, right? Or have to have to rethink the way they were going to do things with yep. that 12-inch bubble and the, and the fact that, you know, you're dropping things in on turn two. By then, they've moved forward and created a bigger space Absolutely. around yeah. you. Uh, and, Sean, the number four on your list is the Venom, which I'm guessing similar thinking to the Raider. Yeah, I think the Venom is better than the Raider, but that's just personal choice. Mm. Um, the reason why I do is it's minus one to hit naturally, so it's a little bit harder to shoot off the spot. But it's also a lot smaller footprint, so it's really easy to put into buildings and stuff like that, mm. where the the Raider I've had problems with is the fact that it's such a long and weird shape, sometimes you can't actually get in, in nice terrain places, mm. where if you can see it, you can shoot it a lot easier. Where the Venom, you can pop into buildings, and it's just sitting right on that line where you can't mm. really see it. So I, that's the reason why I like it a little bit more. Minus one to hit, and yeah, just harder to shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, and the you can I don't I can't remember what the points costs are relative to the Raider, but they are obviously oh. you can fit a bunch more of them in, right? So not that much more because I think it's about fifteen points now. There's not much in it. Yeah, no, really, and it, no, it seems to change. You know, every year when we get new points for right, for yeah, disintegrators yeah. and dark lances, it kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should say this whole episode is being recorded before the next uh, chapter approved. Chapter approved. So uh, you know when that comes out, all of this could change. Half of this stuff could go off, off the uh, off the list. All right, let's get to number three: Pathfinders. Pathfinders, the dirty old tower pathfinders. No one likes playing against tower. Well, I don't like playing against tower. I should say that I hate playing against tower. Oh, I love tower. <laughs> I love playing tower. <laughs> well, yeah, because you just sit at the back with your admin and shoot them just like they're shooting you. Oh, the minus one to hit is beautiful. They yeah. have so much trouble with it. Yeah. Um, I we, mean, we've got to say uh, for people who are listening that uh, Aaron runs Stiggies, so that, that minus one to hit anything outside of what is it, 12? 12, yeah. Yeah, so tower have trouble. Okay. Okay, um, well, to start with, I just want to point out they are really awesome-looking models, and they're, for some reason, a lot cheaper than Pathfinders dollar-wise as well. Right. Um, I was prim primarily looking for units that have a pre-game move to let you take some board control yeah. early on. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Pathfinders give you that. They can move seven inches before the start of the game, and that coupled with... So you can put them out in front of your lines, and a lot of opponents are going to try and charge your tower gun line is that where sept really... specific or is that across the board no that's town? just for pathfinders right okay so. wow. um then they also take along the drone that uh subtracts d3 from enemy charge ranges when they're within 12 inches of the unit yeah so suddenly you're making you're giving people tough decisions on whether they're going to charge this or not and i would personally take it with the tau sept so all of your friendly units behind them are now 
Right. They get to Overwatch, Overwatch because of their yeah. greater good rule, and then yeah. they're going to be hitting the opponent on fives. fives. Yeah. God, I hate playing against yeah. the and, and Pathfinders are just, you know, they're a great <laughs> toolbox unit because they have marker lights, which yeah. are amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, number three on Aaron's list is Gretchen, which actually, do you know what? I think uh, Brendan and, and um, Aaron both agree on Gretchen. So this is uh, something you can both talk about, but... Uh, give us your justifications for Gretchen at number three on your list. So the reason I put them as number three is because they run away. Yeah. Just, yeah. They've got, uh, what is it, 30 points for 10 Gretchen. Um, they've got the Grot Shield stratagem, which is quite uh, handy, especially when you're trying to shoot at something behind it. So it's it's basically a screen from shooting and charging. So yeah, okay. it does both. Uh, the reason mine, yeah, like I said, mine's down at number three is because they run away. I was playing Sam Witt uh, the last uh, Long War and... I just started shooting it as Gretchen. Just a few shots at each unit of Gretchen, and you started seeing two, three, four start running away because they've got a leadership of four, I think. So it's right. quite low. It's quite funny to see. Okay. Yeah. It's a, and so uh, I don't know how many you've taken a unit of Gretchen. You've, did I say, yeah, they, so you've got them at number one in your list, actually, Brendan. So, because they're the, the classic choice. They've always, <laughs> they've always been there. I mean, they were the... I mean, I could go into... The, the history of Gretchen and why. Well, give me, <laughs> yeah, well, give me, give me, because since they're on both lists, give me your argument for them as well. Just because this is actually not, uh, I've played against Orcs only a couple of times and uh, not seen Gretchen. There's truckloads of boys, but I've not seen Gretchen there. So, uh, well, I think the, well, one thing that's great about them is in an army where everything's ballistic skill five plus, they've got four plus, and as soon as you've got 20 of them, they go up to three plus. Right. You know, so it's, it's rare to have a, Orc unit that will actually hit something. Now, they've only got pistols, but at least they're going to hit <laughs> right, something. But at least they're, <laughs> uh, they're, they're the best shooters in the, in, the, in the whole Orc army. They have the objective secured rule as a troop choice. That's always yeah. useful. Uh, now, the best thing about them, though, is that they have the Orc keywords. So they're benefiting from a lot of things like they got. They can benefit from the custom force field, giving them a 5-plus involve save, which on a three-point model, it makes them quite resilient. Mm. Uh, you put a run herd with them, so you're only going to ever lose D3 from a morale check. So not right. quite as good as conscripts, but close. I was going to say on the morale thing, don't orcs have a thing where you can use the morale of a unit that's nearby? I think that's nearby. just, the, just the, the actual orcs. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, the, the run herd does that for the Gretchen. Right, okay. So he, cool. he limits the number that will uh, flee. Uh, also, if you because they're orcs, they can take a clan keyword. So if you make them Death Skull, they get the six plus ignore wounds, same as the Blackheart Drakari. Because okay. so now they've got an involt and a feel no pain. Yeah. Right. So they're just, you know, they're just annoying to remove for a three point model. You and, know. and again, and this is what you know, it's, it comes back to a lot with these types of units is they're just annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so like the Razorwing flocks and the Scarabs and the you know. They're just annoying. They stick around because they've either got multiple wounds or you can put yeah. so many of them out there yeah. and then buff them to, yeah. you know, not run away. You can also use a stratagem to deep strike them. Okay. Jump. <laughs> if, or if you want, you can pull them you can out. jump. Yeah, you can, you can use the uh, jump uh, yeah. psychic power, which, by the way, because they're orcs, they're also boosting the psychic role of the weird boy to cast in the first place. Right. Um. And again, is that from memory? That's a dependent on number of models at the weird boys nearby. It's if it's, it's every ten, isn't it? Every ten, you get yeah, ten. Yeah, I think yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. So but then like you perils. Or 30. You perils if you get too many. Yeah, but that's fun. That's just why you play orcs. <laughs> you want them to blow themselves. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, but they just give you a lot of options. It's similar to why I took the raiders. You know, you have quite a few different ways you can use that unit to be annoying and just to clog right. up 
the battlefield if you want. Okay. Um, so you almost always need the runt herder then. I Sa- would Sam I would take the runt herder. Yeah, Sam them. wasn't running one, so the, the Gretchen were just fleeing in droves. It was. I would have to check. Yeah. I, I, I wonder if you could just use one run herd between a couple of units. I feel like if you're taking, and again, you, you fellas are a lot better and a lot more experienced than I am, but I feel like any time you're taking big units, like you're taking 20 or 30 man units of anything, you need something there that's going to help them. You know, uh, Necrons have a, have a uh, warlord trait with guaranteed passing of morale. Yeah. But you've got to have something where you can look well, after them. Well, especially when there's armies out there like, you know, combos with Drukhari and Harlequins that will just wipe whole units out from morale if they don't have some counter to yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But in saying that, it's also a, a, it can be used as a strategy because I know a lot of people that do that. They make sure that the Gretchen are, are in there so that next turn, when they wipe the, those Gretchen out, they can actually shoot in them. And mass amount of shooting Gretchen is actually quite scary. Like, people don't say it, but as you say, if you're playing Drakari or Harlequins especially, that Overwatch or even that shooting, you can go, oh no, like 50 shots could actually wipe out a unit right and and the other uh, um, maybe the same sort of point but they strategically if you've got a whole lot of Gretchen who will run away and they form a line and then the Tyranids run into them using Tyranids again as a as an uh, example Tyranids run into them they get stopped at the line they then wipe them out and the rest flee and then they're standing out in the open to be shot at right so that's kind of yeah well that's that's one way you can actually use them and then or you can use them to actually assault things so that it takes the overwatch yeah, and it's great because you can just go, oh yeah, put them in. You knowing that they're going to flee away, and you can put a big unit of hard boys and or um, mega knobs into them, and it just blends the unit. Yeah. Okay. Well, we like Gretchen. Everybody likes Gretchen. Well, I say Could two I just, out of three people like, like Gretchen. Now you mentioned the stratagem for them. They used to have some really awesome rules for like being the ultimate uh, screening unit. So I think it was like third edition, you could run them through minefields, you'd remove 2d6 Gretchen and the minefield <laughs> went away. You could run them into a piece of difficult terrain and then orcs would step on them to re-roll their difficult terrain test. Right. Uh, and like now, you know, they'd jump up and catch bullets and you just remove Gretchen instead of removing orcs. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could just picture them, like lifting them off the ground and just holding them in front. <laughs> just this meat shield. Yeah, of, yeah. just running <laughs> along with Gretchens held up in front of them. Little green orc children. <laughs> um, Sean, on your number three on your list is any flyer. Talk us through that. Well, I mean, if you're talking about screening, flyers are just the ultimate screeners. They literally, you put the base in the middle, unless you've got the movements go underneath them now, you can't get around them, you can't charge through them. They just, they're just in the massive amount of annoyance. So people can now, though, move underneath. Across the base, right? Yeah, but if, you can't end within one inch. So let's say if you want to bug a night player, which is one of my favourite things to do. <laughs> um, you, if you put the base about nine inches away and have it shaped, even if he advances, there's no way that knight can get through that base. So he has right. to go either around the sides and stay outside one inch, and then he can't charge through the base. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, not a, it's not a big deal because I've found like a lot of the things that had the movement to get past the base usually have fly anyway, so they were going to just jump over you before. Right, so. right. Yeah, that, actually, a lot of people, when that rule got changed, a lot of people were like, oh, no, it nerfs everything. But actually, it hasn't. In practice, and again, you'll know better than me, but it hasn't in practice really changed that much, right? There's still plenty of ways you can position those flies so that they will stop things coming through. Yeah, if you listen to Stat Center or anything like that, they always go on how, how prevalent the, um, the elder flyers still are. So yeah. there's still, you see in a lot of the tournaments, even Nova, you're still seven flyers yeah, flying it's, around. It's, it's easy for elder flyers because you can pivot twice. 
on a stupid elder. Yeah. If you're thing. elder pure, for some reason dark elder. Dark elder can't, can't do, do it. it. No, no, dark elder can't. The dark can don't get they're, there. They're too but busy trying to decapitate things with their wings to worry about yeah. dancing around in their planes. But so you know, have any other flyer on the board just watching this elder flyer? Yeah, I'm going to turn and then fly, and then I'll turn again when I get there, just so that never flying off the board is never a problem, which it is for everybody else. Uh, so, okay, any flyer is, um, I think we've got to accept that any f- having any flyer, particularly an elder flyer, has almost got to be there because so many people are still using them as uh, screens. Well, it's surprising. I've even seen a sun shark being used really well against a night player, and you're like, I've never ever seen the sun shark in person until I saw that game. <laughs> what is a sun shark? It's a tail flyer. It's a really I'm, bad flyer. It's super bad. <laughs> the best thing about it is it has sniper drones that can fly off it. That's it. Right. I think the best thing about it is no one knows what it does because they've never seen them. Right. So if you turn up with one, nobody can kind of preempt it. It's more of a visual threat than literal threat. <laughs> uh, the Hemlock Wraith Fighter, uh, I'm picking, Brendan, for much the same sort of reason, or what else have you got with it? Well, yeah, I agree with Sean. I mean, any flyer is the best screening unit, but why take any flyer when you can just take the best flyer? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like we said, it's got a massive footprint, and even though now models can technically move under it, if you know what you're doing with it, you'll just place it where they're going to end up and just deny them that yeah. area of the battlefield. Um, because it has only assault guns and it's so fast, the damage table is basically meaningless. It, it, technically, it loses speed as it, as it gets damaged, but, I mean, even at its lowest, it still can move 40 inches minimum, so it can get anywhere on the table. You have oh. to basically kill it before you even kind of stop it doing its job. Yeah, yeah. And... Basically, the reason I, I thought it's a great screening unit because much like the Raider, it's, it can still serve its primary function and then secondarily be a screening unit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a psyker. Uh, it can smite, which it wants to be up close to do. It's got short range but high damage assault guns, which it wants to be in close for. And it's got spirit stones as well, which, give it again, ignore the wounds on sixes, which makes it surprisingly resilient, it's effectively like adding two more wounds to the model. Uh, it's minus one to hit natively, but then you can also use lightning fast reflexes or... Because they get everything. Yeah, or the Alatop <laughs> Crawford to make it another minus one. No offense. It has a minus two leadership bubble around it, which is even better if you're sticking it right in front of enemy units. Yeah. And because it's an Eldar flyer, you can effectively just zip them back and forth across the battlefield. And I like to run them in pairs for the purposes of screening. Mm-hmm. Um, I know against a lot of night builds will tend to have one combat knight usually because they run out of points for guns at some point right so <laughs> take the gallant because it's cheaper yeah and so the best way to just deal with that is you stick two hemlocks right in front of it and he's not doing anything for a turn because he can't charge them and he can't get around them right and then you deal with these other the shooting knights and then next turn you can turn your attention to the combat knight alright but having a hemlock ray fighter automatically it's a giant target right people are going to be uh, going after that straight away Yes, but it's going to take them a while to do any appreciable damage because of to all it. the minuses to yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, what else have we got? So uh, number two on your list, Aaron, is infantry guard, which I just assumed everybody would have infantry guard as there. Yeah, just the uh, plain old uh, imperial guard infantry squad. Yeah. Um, so quite a lot of imperial super just taking them for CP batteries, and because yeah. they're good at just basically screening the units. That's what is. Is it fair to say that's basically what they exist for? CP, CP, and screening. CP, like just you can have so many battalions. Was it the Loyal Thirty Two? You take the that Loyal Thirty Two. Yeah. But yeah. are people now just taking Skatari instead of Guardsmen because they're slightly cheaper as a CP battery? Yeah. yeah, but you only get five models per unit. 
I don't. I mean, you take them as a grier if you've got no um, psychic defense, and that gives you the option to to block one psychic uh, spell on a four plus with a stratagem. It's fair to say that infantry infantry guard are a popular choice as a screening unit because the other thing that you get with guard is you take you're taking tanks, right? You're, presumably, you're getting a yeah, bunch of tanks yeah. in there. Free tank commanders. Uh, Pretty standard. Yeah, and then you so you stick the guard at the front of there to make sure that people can't get through to the tanks, um, and it's because as soon as anything brushes up against the side of them, they just lose the ability to <laughs> shoot anything. Yeah. So, so which is you know popular tactic. That's why you need the guard. Yeah, so, it's also other stuff like the orders, so you can get them to move, 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 and they can pretty much double move a turn, which is as good if, if you don't think you're going to need your screen turn one, you can hide them behind a building and then right. move them out quite a decent distance and then cover cover ground that way. Um, also great for holding backfield objectives so, later in the game if they haven't been uh, shot off or chopped up. Actually, the, back to your uh, point about board control earlier on, Brendan, was the, so that moving, moving and, and advancing twice, right? So move... Six move twelve twelve plus two d six. That's pretty good. Yeah, every yeah. turn. I'm I'm curious why you went with the infantry squads rather than the conscripts, which was the classic. Uh, they're more expensive, aren't they? The conscripts. No, they're three points a model. No, not anymore. Are they? Oh, they went up, did they? Yeah. yeah. Exactly the same price. Oh, yeah. So I don't well, know, I've never seen them used since before that. Can you? Are they not worth it if you take the Valhallen stratagem so you can just bring the whole blob back once they die? <laughs> no, because you need reinforcement points for that now. Right. So that, yeah, that's yeah. all was cleared up in the first um, FAQ of them. But the, also the thing about conscript squads is if you want to blob up a, um, a guard squad, you can actually just get two of the 10-man um, squad, uh, squads and join them together to make a 20-man squad. And you can do this, like people have done that, so they can screen across the whole battlefield with one unit. And then if you have catachans or something like that in a priest... If you're stretching it that far, you can get bonuses nearly all the way across the table. Right. It's quite it's quite ridiculous sometimes. Yeah, no, it's, I know. Yeah, conscripts used to be the go-to, but then they they did get nerfed a few times. Yeah. So infantry guard are a popular choice. I mean, you see that like what is it night plus night plus guard, or uh, if you've got a pure guard army, and we're saying guard meaning, you know, all the different catacan, catachan, catachan, and the Valhallans and all the different possible options. I mean, there. are... They're a really popular, really big choice. Very common to see on the tabletops. Yes. Uh, uh, cultists less so now. They used to be everywhere. So number two on Sean's list is the good old chaos cultist. They went up to five points a model, and everyone went, oh, no, that's terrible. Pfft, gone. Yeah, I think it's more the fact that you can buff them in certain ways to make them quite scary. Right. But for a screening unit, you still, you know, I think they are a little bit more expensive than guard, which I don't quite understand. But they do have some great stratagems. And then if you have, like, um, a Baden, they're instantly fearless. So you yeah. normally see them with a whole bunch of psychers, especially Thousand Sun psychers, because they're best friends. Um, <laughs> and they have, like, a Baden there just to lock down the screen so that you've got all these screens. It doesn't matter if you're in close combat or shooting at them. The, the Thousand Sun psychic characters can just smite we'll, and take out the screen. We'll do best HQ another day, but a Baden's pretty great. Yeah. With plus two CP to the army as well, and then the fearless... But if you and the the other great thing with the cultists is you can <laughs> lose all but one and then just bring them all back. Yeah, but you can only do that once now, isn't it? Is that with tide of traders? You yeah. tide of traders, yeah. yeah. Isn't that once you one use? Well, once is enough. Well, yeah. Once is enough to be annoying for, <laughs> yeah. for your but opponent. Pe but people used to do it multiple times. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I, can, I can tell you from experience of playing against the 
you know, wiping out half a guy's army and then he brings back a whole squad of however many stinking cultists it is on the objective you're trying to get to on the other side of the board. That's frustrating. Can I make a point in favour of cultists as well? Yeah, go on. Now that Necromunda's out, there are so many awesome models to use. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, so that that aside, uh, anything else for cultists? Are we saying any more on that? Um, also, the Blackstone Fortress cultists just blow you out of the water. They just look so much better than what you can buy normally. Right. And so you've got so many choices now for actual cultist models that guardsmen, like no one's buying the actual old guardsmen models now. They're all Necromunda models or, yeah, yeah. or Trader Guard coming it, back over. It's a pricier way to do it, though. <laughs> Oh, you can probably... There's plenty of people out there splitting up Blackstone Fortresses, yeah, but yeah, when yeah. they do a multi-part cultist kit, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. All right. We like cultists. Uh, isn't that the Cordor kit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and let's go to the number one on the list, then. And, Mr. Brandon, we've already discussed Orc Gretchen, so we won't come back to that, but we'll go to uh, Plague Bearers. And, again, I just assumed Plague Bearers would be right up there on everybody's list. So, uh, Aaron, you've got Plague Bearers at number one because... Uh, because they keep screwing me over. <laughs> <laughs> to be and, fair. And there's no better reason than that. Oh, there's so much ways to buff them as well. I mean, so you get a unit of 30 of them. Yeah. Uh, they've got a 5-plus feel no plane. They've got a 5-plus involve save. Uh, if you're over 20, 20 uh, models in the unit, it's a negative one to hit. Yeah. Which is annoying. I, I know that. Uh, they can be buffed to a negative two as well um, through psychic powers. Yeah. So negative two to hit. And this isn't just shooting. This is in combat as well. And there's a character where if they're standing next to the character whose name I can't remember right now, but if they're uh, basically uh, within six inches of the character, then they're... There's a whole menagerie of characters. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a yeah, handful it's, it's, it's hard keeping track of which one does what. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if they fail morale test, because I think the leadership's seven, they fail morale test, you roll a D6. If you roll a one, then you get D6 models right. back. Reality blinks. But there's now a model that basically allows you to roll two dice and pick the lowest. So the chances you get in that one are a lot higher. Okay. And every time I play them, it just seems to be right. more, more common than not units coming back. They're, they are just tough to kill, eh? I'm, uh, playing against Plague Bearers is yeah. it's one of those things where you can just rain shots down onto them and they just... Uh, actually, Sean, you've got them as number one on your list too. Yeah. Obviously for similar reasons. Oh, very similar reasons. Like I said, especially with the character buffs you can get off them now, it's just, just amazing. But and everything uh, stacks. Yeah. But again, you only can do it with one unit. So a lot of people... That's why they're such a good screening unit. You put them in the middle of the table, they're locked down the middle of the table. Right. But so you can take, what, 30? 30 is, everyone normally takes at least one big blob of 30. If you're going to take any, you normally take 30. Right. Um, and then sometimes you either take a blood lead bomb or something like that. But it's just to hold down the table. Now, the easiest way to do it is get rid of the characters and then they don't become scary at all. Right. But it's... But you can't get to the... Unless yeah. you're sniping, you can't get to the characters. Yeah, well, that's the whole point. It takes two or three turns to actually either get to the characters or get the squad down there. It's not scary anymore. Yeah. And you're ignoring half their army, which is... So once they get under 20, they lose some of the buffs that they've got and all those sorts of things. But but they just, yeah. Well, the reason I didn't put Plague Bearers down is because every time I usually see them run as just an army of 120 or 150 Plague Bearers, and at that point, does it count as a screen if they're just screening more <laughs> units of Plague Bearers? <laughs> it's just the whole army. Yeah, I know. But it's, uh, I mean, I think we have to accept Plague Bearers are the uh, kind of the kings of screening. Although, you know, horrors... Horrors, uh, you roll a one, horrors come back as well. And when horrors, the other thing we didn't mention before, not that I want to discuss things that aren't on anybody's list, although I do. Uh, with horrors, I know you've got to pay reinforcement points, but even when you do kill it, you can split it into two blue horrors, and then you can split it into brimstones. So you, you know. 
but they're not separate units. So when every time you split them, it, it forces that morale as well. So it's kind of like right. unless you're willing to spend that two CP to keep them around after you've split them, yeah. it can be quite a, a little bit of a trap. Oh, I haven't read the and codex that's a lot properly, more but there must you have be to paint as well. There, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't even started buying blue horrors yet. But there, there must be a way. There must be a way of making them fearless or buffing them so that they're less likely to run. No, no one's got anything for me. Okay. Well, I find most people, if they've got their plague bearers, they also have usually a big squad of the pink horrors as well, which they like to deep strike into the side of your lines. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then charge in and tie stuff up. Well, like I say, no one, no one said horrors, so I'm. Not, as the as the person who's only an adjudicator and a judge and in no way contributing to the list, I'm not allowed to throw horrors in here. I feel like you should have written the list. Can I just, <laughs> can I add an honourable mention in in place of my uh, first place since we covered that one already? Go on. Um, I think we were wrong with all our picks. Uh, there's a, there's there's an obvious unit we all missed. Yeah. Uh, what if I told you that there was a unit with the fly keyword? It cost you zero points. It gave up zero kill points when it's destroyed, and it dishes out mortal wounds to the opponent when they kill it. Is this a Tyranid unit? It is a Tyranid no, unit. <laughs> is this spores? It's the mighty spore mine, yes. Okay, they, go on. So you can place it anywhere on the battlefield. Yeah. Uh, you, it doesn't cost points? It doesn't if you shoot them out of harpies, you poop them out of... Uh, oh, so you poop them out of the harpies, shoot them out of biovores, or they're um, spawned by the spore assists. Right. Uh, you can, if you really want to, you can use three control points and spend a, about 90 points to just string a line of them across the battlefield before the game starts and just block everyone's movement. Right. Uh, if you really wanted to double down on that, you can take the Swarm Lord and the Onslaught Psychic Power and just charge them in first turn and put a whole, like, eight or nine mortal wounds on a knight or something. Yeah. I, I thought um, they have to halve their movement, and isn't it a random movement? Like, don't they roll two dice, and that's the movement for them? They, they only move three. Oh, three. Yeah, they, they've, got, they've got rubbish stats. I mean, they're toughness one. They've got, like, a movement of three. They've got a seven-up save. Uh, but, you know, if you're getting them for free, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, yeah. Zero points. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that works. I feel like they should cost something. Um, all right, look, uh, I feel like we've taken up enough of everybody's time. We're 45 minutes in. I appreciate you guys coming in. And uh, drumroll, please. We have now got our definitive top five from the contributions of all three of you. No, uh, what do they call it? Correspondence will be entered into. Uh, this is it. This is your definitive and final top five screening units in the game of 40K. Hopefully you've got something out of this. If you're listening, uh, hopefully you've got some ideas maybe for that next list you're writing. At number five, we're going to put Gretchen in. At number four, Plague Bearers. At number three, Scarabs. Because <laughs> I had to. This is very biased. <laughs> <laughs> At number two, any flyer, particularly a Hemlock, Wraith Fighter, because uh, I've come up against them before and they just suck. They like, And I think, uh, to your point, uh, Brendan, and obviously you guys will agree with this as well, and anyone you, you hear talking about the game who knows more about it than I do, uh, if you can double up or triple up or whatever on the job that a unit is doing. So sure, you're selecting it to be a screening unit or you're selecting it to be a flyer or whatever. But if you can double up on the job that a unit is doing, then you're getting double the value for the points you're spending. Does that sound fair? I find with stuff like that, the more chances you can have to affect a game with a unit, like say like a flyer, you can either go like um, D has with like, oh, I'll, I'll go full out and I, I can smash you, or, oh, no, we're playing a night player, I might just keep them back. 
gives you so many more options and makes right. the game a little bit easier for you. Where if you bank on one tactic, let's say deep strike reserve for um, for um, G Steel Cold, you're forced on doing one thing. As soon as you come against an army with infiltrators, yeah. you go, oh, oh, I can't yeah. do that as well anymore, and it makes your your day so much harder. So uh, yeah, so number uh, what did we say? Number three scarabs. Number two any flyer, and number one. Number one on the list, just because the explanation and the justification for it was so good right at the start, the Drukhari Raider is the number one screening unit in the game of 40k as judged on this podcast and no correspondence will be entered. Possibly until the next chapter of Proof comes out. <laughs> possibly, yeah, possibly until the next chapter of Proof comes out. Did you not get anything of yours on there, Aaron? Oh, well, plate well, bearers, but they should, have, they should have been a lot higher. But to be fair, in the next uh, FAQ or... Chapter proved they're not going to be on there at all because they're getting nerfed. Are they? Hundred okay. percent. There's no so, way they're not getting nerfed. If, you, if you're listening to this after the next chapter approved and or FAQ and they've been nerfed, just replace them with spores. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for coming in, guys. Much appreciated. No worries. And that's it. Uh, listen, whether or not you agree with the top five in the end, the definitive top five. I'm sure you've worked out by now is not really the point. The point is, maybe this has given you some ideas uh, for the next time you write a list. Maybe it's given you some ideas on other ways to use units you've already got and thrown a few spanners in the works at the same time. Hope you enjoyed it. For Sean Sullivan, Aaron Wilson, Brendan D, I'm Steve Joel, and this has been Properly Cocked. See you next time.